Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow! I'm Sam Delaney, so what? <laughs> Welcome along, it's Tuesday, or it might be Monday evening if you're IFS and you get this early. Uh, it's the mailbag delve, but you know how it goes, we might get around to some mailbag in the end, we might not. Uh, you, Sam, have been in Brighton for the day. You're just yeah. back from the Labour Party conference doing some journalism and that doing type of journalism. stuff, news production. Where is he doing? I was, uh, I was in, uh, when I got there this morning, you had to go to the place where you get accredited, you get your yeah. like, lanyard, right? Did you, uh, first so, of all, did you get any opportunity to go on the coins? No, well, I Fuck wanted that, to, I, I'm going back tomorrow, so mm. I will get on the coins tomorrow. And I want to do some filming on the coins, but it doesn't feel right without you there. Well, you can you can do it if you want. If you can get some prominent Labour MPs uh, oh, down there nah, and have a coin off. A gr- that is a great idea. Have a coin off I think with I, Emily I might Thornbury, have a chance. I mean, you go Tom down Watson, there. And, yeah, the they're all there, you know. I mean, when I went into the shop, there's a shop I always go to in Brighton that I've been going to for years called Jump the Gun, which is... A f- brilliant brilliant clothes shop and uh i went in there and was chatting to the bloke adam who's the boss in there and uh i told him he said what are you doing down there i said i'm doing the conference and he went oh yeah you just missed tom watson he came in and bought a pair of bright red socks first thing as soon as Ooh. the shop opened yeah oh fuck what it. he's trying I've, to fucking I've prove the conference and i forgot me red socks fuck oh they'll never I'm, let us in oh but i gotta jump the gun <laughs> anyway I queued up at the fucking lanyard place, right? And uh, they go, what's your name? And I said, Sam Delaney. And I saw a, a lad, look, give me a double take. He's come over. And there's, you know, you know the Labour Party conference, there's a lot of delegates, mm. um, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of left-wing people there. I've been and watching then, some of it today. There's a lot of fucking weirdos. I say that much. Yeah, weirdos. You're right. I just should come out and say it. It's full of fucking <laughs> weirdos and freaks, right? And um, but you know, I've been to the Tory Party conference as well. I've been, yeah. to, I've been to both many times. And generally speaking, the Labour ones full of weirdos and freaks, and the Tory ones full of cunts and arseholes. Psychopaths. And so, yeah, t- take your pick. Right? Yeah, who do you prefer? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he goes, he's come over and there's a long line of journalists all like acting self-important. And he goes, oh, I love the, uh, I love the podcast. I love the podcast. Oh. And I was like, and I went, oh, mate, that's great. And he went, I'm coming to see you in, in Manchester. I said, where are you from? He said, Sunderland. I know you did Pop Wreck. It was fucking great, mate. Because oh, all these people are waiting around at the fucking Labour Party conference, but basically yeah. Top Flight Time Machine hijacked the whole situation. The only, the only right? Topic of conversation. Because nice. obviously, you know, I've got a loud, some would say, grating voice, mm. right? Distinctive, I'd say. Yeah. And so once I was uh, communicating with him, he was behind the counter because he was one of the people dishing out the lanyards. He was an mm. official. And he was behind the counter, I was in front of the counter, and he was not serving me, he was a few people up. So we were having this conversation, 
and I was obviously loving it because I love attention. Of course, yeah. And and I started like really bellowing about it, and you had this room <laughs> all thinking, "What the fuck are these dickheads up to? What are they on about? Who's that? Is that Alan Buxton?" Yeah. And then I couldn't resist, mate. After I'd got my lanyard, yeah. I swaggered off and I swerved in towards him just as I was leaving. Yeah, yeah. And I leant in and I gave it a keep it cunty, mate. <laughs> Did he at any time say to you, so what? No, he didn't, uh, no. Uh, but he was mind. delighted that I had given him a keep it cunty. He said, yeah. thanks a lot for that. Thanks a lot yeah. for doing that. He loved it. Lovely so stuff. it's just great to meet a canter out in the wild, isn't it? In just the like wild. you did the other yeah. day. It wasn't as good as you because you had your own catchphrase shouted at you. But yeah, nevertheless, yeah. just goes to say, every everywhere we have infiltrated, although yeah. I say every corner of society has been touched by us now, but I would be surprised if I might go to the Toy Party Conference next week. Oh, Manchester, I don't isn't even, it? I don't even know where it fucking is. Manchester. But... Okay, well, if I, I do rock dodge up across there, as well. Uh, it's very unlikely that anyone at the Toy Party Conference will have heard us. Will we not I've get any accreditation either? We'll we'll not get we'll not <laughs> get um Kenneth Clark on the coins. Oh, that'd be fucking that. great. Andrea Ledsom on the coins. Oh yeah. Andrea, when did you first get into the coins? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, since birth. My father was a keen coiner. And my what mother What do you want me to say? To my make mother me was, sound... was my mother was the chairperson of the local Surrey um, Coinery Association. <laughs> the Coining Guild. She was a coinist. <laughs> she was a local coinist. <laughs> nah, we're not going to go to the Tory party conference. But nah. if you can get Len McCluskey down there tomorrow, you know. I saw Len McCluskey on today. The, on the Tempence Millionaire machine. Oh, I saw I McCluskey. I've seen them all. I saw McDonnell, McCluskey. You see them all just wandering about. Yeah. I, I bleached the bog this morning. That's about as much as I've done. All but, right, know. yeah. Well, I didn't... Listen, uh, nothing really fun, that much fun happened to me um, there other than, you know, someone saying that they listened to the other podcast. Other than seeing a cunner. I, I mean, yeah. I saw these politicians, but I didn't really interact with anyone. I okay. interacted briefly with the, the politician Dawn Butler, and that was it. So that's my day. Take it or leave it. It weren't that no, good, fine. but it wasn't shit either. Um, I'm just looking for some news without news to do later on, but I'm trying to uh, keep the podcast in the air while I do it. So Len, to, uh... Len has come up with a lot of ideas recently, <laughs> one of which is he claims, because he's been listening in on a lot of podcasts, he oh. claims... And I don't know if he's overstepping the mark He's been listening here. in on 50% of a podcast... Exactly, exactly. Is it, is it, well, to be fair, 70% maybe. <laughs> he said that Results Spot's got a little brother called right. Baby Results Spot, and he predicts. <laughs> It's, and it's he like predicts, Godzilla and Godzuki. Exactly, exactly. When the ratings are flagging and you introduce yeah. a new character, Scooby and, and Scrappy. Apparently, <laughs> Baby Results Spot. Um, predicts always one nil to the away team. Oh, I like it. Mm. So there's a, a family kind of schism there. Yeah, and what I'm trying to establish is what's the dynamic between results spot yeah. and baby results spot. Are they? Are they do they still si- live in the same house? Are they estranged? Exactly. Sibling relationships are fa- are always fascinating, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. 
So oh. I'm going to dig a bit deeper into that. What I do know, I tried to get a little bit of um, intel on what Len thought his character was, and Len seems to think he's a bit of a know-it-all when Pink it comes baby. to football. The baby one. He's a oh, know-it-all. Right. Okay. He said, if you ask him for a result, he won't give you the result. He'll wax on for ages about what he thinks is going to happen in the game, right. like a big know-it-all show-off. Is that what is that what Len regards himself as? Do you think? Is do you think this is a mirror between the relationship between you and him? No, he's being no, a result spot. No, he's trying, I don't to, think... he's trying to power play you by saying that he no, knows more about football than you do. No, because he painted quite a negative picture of results, baby result spot, mm. and he doesn't have a negative opinion of himself at all. So yeah. that doesn't add up. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, have we got some some mail to read out? I've got two. I've got one here. Yeah, we have. Let's go on to this one from. Uh, yeah, it's from Andy, Bristol IFS. He says, um, "Well, uh, thank God there's some of them because we're struggling to sell tickets in bloody Bristol, aren't we?" Yeah, that's weird. I don't know what the fuck we've done. No, I'm, not, the people I'm not happy Bristol, about that. But, Everywhere else no. loves us apart from Bristol. I mean, I think if if more people don't make an effort and buy tickets, we'll just not try on the night. We'll turn up, obviously. But we'll put in yeah. a 30% shift. We'll do the shittiest best. show we've ever done. It'll yeah. be even worse than the Sunderland show. But uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, while, while we're talking about it, we've just had a new show announced, uh, which is also yeah. in November. I'm just trying to get the date on the screen. We are at the Thirsk Podcast Festival. If you don't know where Thirsk is, it's in North Yorkshire. It's near to York. And uh, we're doing that. Oh, Friday, November the... What the fuck is it? I don't know. Friday, November the something. And uh, Friday, November 22nd, Rural Arts Centre, Thirsk, 9pm or 10pm. So you can have a couple of drinks before. You can have a couple of drinks after, which can only enhance the show. Get really pissed up. Yeah, yeah, because I I will be. I can't stress that enough. Get really proper fucking levered before the show it'll really add to your enjoyment because Thirsk is incredibly close to my heart Sam because my, my grandparents had a caravan close to Thirsk when I was a kid and I used to spend all my summers there And what I saw it? you tweeting about it is yeah. it a beautiful place and we, it is a lovely little market town yeah and we used to go into Thirsk obviously to get the shopping in because there was no shops where the caravan yeah. site was so uh, every Saturday morning in Thirsk market used to be on is it a coastal town no no it's not Right, it's a market I'm, town. I'm so delighted to be going there because. What you're asking is, is there any coining going on? There's not, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't sound like there will be. You're not. No. Allowed, I don't think inland coining is allowed. I think it's bad, um, isn't it? It's got to be within I 500 think, meters of the coastline. Yeah, I think you can you can occasionally find coining machines inland, but they're not licensed, and yeah. I would. I would advise anyone strongly against using them. Yeah. So there'll be no coining opportunities, but uh, there's other podcasts that's going to be announced as well that you know won't be as good as us, but you know, never mind. You know uh, what? So you get in, inland coining, you get that in fucking places, the sort of pubs that show illegal feeds of Premier League games at three o'clock with Russian <clears> commentary. <throat> yeah. It's that, those kind of joints. Very dodgy. <laughs> Might be, might be. But that's, that's one of the things we're doing. And we're also doing Bristol. And also in November, we're going to be doing Newcastle, Liverpool, Manchester, Brighton, Cardiff, uh, Birmingham. I think that's it. 
and thirsty. Oh, it's fucking so massive, this one, isn't it? Get yourselves on TF, TM, whatever it is, tftimemachine.com um, slash live shows. And come along, because it's, fu- it's a fucking great show. The show's great, and just, you know, look at any of the response we had from our live shows um, earlier this month, and you'll know that everyone had... I mean, I don't get out much, so I don't have much to compare it to, but most of those nights I could see that the people in the audience were having the best night of their lives. Yeah, totally. Definitely. I mean, when I looked into their eyes in Manchester... I thought, you people have never had it so good. This is the greatest moment of your lives. We are sharing something so special here. This is like if you were at Glastonbury, if you were at Woodstock seeing Jimi Hendrix. It's that kind of level. Their eyes were almost spinning with joy at what they were witnessing. They they couldn't believe it. I saw one man fall to his knees. His eyes rolled back in his head and he started speaking in tongues. Yeah. I think that was more to do with the spice. Because there's a lot of that in Manchester. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, you also had an erection, which was weird. Yeah, well, didn't we all, though? Um, I'll yeah. tell you what, we can have a quick look at while we're, we're talking about stuff we've talked about in the past. Uh, in yesterday's episode, we asked about uh, shit merch from your club stores. Mm. Yeah. And someone pointed us in the direction of a piece on the uh, Roker Report website, the Sunderland Fans website. Yeah. from last Christmas and it just it's called a very league one Christmas part one the must have crimbo gifts from each third tier club and I'll quickly run down the list of the first half of league one uh, Accurate and Stanley have got a Jesse McClure talking doll who's Jesse McClure does he play for Accurate and Stanley no he's a fan of Accurate and Stanley and he hosts the UK version of Storage Hunters fucking hell and you can get Why a talking doll talking dolls of us you can get a talking doll of him and it's 10 quid brilliant AFC Wimbledon uh, Christmas stocking, five quid. And it's right. just a Christmas stocking. It's got the AFC Wimbledon badge in the bottom right-hand corner. Yeah. Uh, Barnsley dressing gown. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, Blackpool, standard. Uh, Blackpool, a luminous apron. Hmm. Um, Bradford, flip-flops. Yeah. Bristol Rovers, I... Christmas jumper. It's quite standard. Yeah. Burton Albion, and uh, a club-branded LED light. Good. Um, Charlton Athletic tape measure, retractable. I saw that. That's my favourite one. Uh, Coventry City, a duck sitting in a ring. Yeah, lovely. Sitting in a flatable ring. Doncaster Rovers, a golf tee. Fleetwood Town. I mean, the thing is, Jigsaw. if you're in charge of merch at a football club, someone comes to you, you know, Sir John Merch, mm. and because it's, it's a third party sort of situation, and they go, Listen, right, I've got a fucking sweatshop out in China, right? No fuck it, no human rights, no workers' rights whatsoever. <laughs> I've got these orphan kids. We can work them round the fucking clock till their fingers are bleeding, right? And I can stick your club badge on fucking, fucking anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. I'm fucking telling you, pan scourers, right? <laughs> the lot. And you just Johnny's. go... Yeah, Johnny's. Tampons. Tampons, everything, right? Knives, flick knives, right? And they go, solder streams. And uh, yeah, basically, mate, get the Argos catalogue, flick it to any page, flick it randomly open, (laughs) shut your eyes, point at an item, right? And I will tell you that I can make a much cheaper version of that item (laughs) with your club crest on it, right? (laughs) 
and I'll have it shipped over in a container from China by next week. <laughs> and you just think, how much? And they go, it works out to less than one pence per product. <laughs> See those dressing gowns, right? One those pence. dressing gowns, right? Imagine them with your fucking club crest on, right? They are luxury. They are highly flammable. They are so flammable that even if you stand within 10 metres of some heat, right, they will catch fire and melt into your body. But the advantage is they are cost less than a one pence per unit, right? And you can knock them out for 40 quid. The profit margin is unreal. Even if you just sell one, it's worth it. Way up the pros and cons. Some people are going to lose their skin, but not everyone will. <laughs> Think My, about uh, it very carefully. Once, I lived in a house when I was a student in Brighton. My mate Nick was smoking a cigarette one morning in his dressing gown. You know, standard student sort of conduct. Yeah. And uh, it, like, a, you know, a bit of ash, glowing ash, fell off his fag onto his dressing gown and he was sitting there chatting to two other mates and suddenly he just caught fire Fucking and hell. they were and they were going you're on fire and at first he didn't <laughs> notice and said fuck off thought they were taking the piss <laughs> no mate you're on fucking fire and he stood up and he started screaming <laughs> and he was going help he thought he was going to die and it was <laughs> snowing outside and he was shouting at them to help and we were up they were on the first floor right of this flat and they fucking just opened the window and said jump jump into the snow <laughs> jump you cunt jump you cunt go on DTFN dickheads woo <laughs> but in the end he, he wouldn't jump up from the first floor in some snow I think he did the old roll around which my best friend Chris Ryan did tell me yeah is the best thing to do. He said once is. he was he said once a mate of his <clears throat> caught fire. I can't remember why. And uh I don't ask why when he tells me things like that. I just go, yeah, fair enough. And he said um he started running because it, it um, instinctively a man when he <clears throat> realizes he's on fire <clears throat> will run, right? Yeah. And he goes he was a big he said he was something like he was a big sort of Maori rugby player. Yeah. And he just took off and started running. But Chris Ryan knew that if he ran, he would eventually burn and die. Yeah. And the only way to stop him from dying would be to get him on the floor. He said, so I saw him coming towards me. He goes, he's this six foot four Maori rugby player running at full pelt on fire. <laughs> and I said, so what did you do? He goes, I did the only thing that was sensible, Sam. I punched him in the face and knocked him out. <laughs> He's like, you punched, you punched a flaming Maori in the fact you knocked a flaming Maori out. Yeah, I had to. I had to. It was the only way to save his to, life. Sam, I had to neutralise the cunt so I could put him on the floor. He fucking neutralised him. And then when he was on the floor, unconscious, he just rolled him around until the till flames he, went out. Till he, till he got better. Yeah. Thank me later, dickhead. <laughs> Jalapeño. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. It's one of my favorite ever all-time tweets, and I've just got it on the screen while you were talking, from James Felton, and it's from November 2017 when Paddington 2 was in all of the cinemas and in all of our hearts. Oh, yeah. What a film. And Jim, James's tweet just says, During the chase, a man in the cinema told Paddington to run, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That is beautiful. I love it, the emotional investment that the dads get. You go and see a yeah. film that's made for kids yeah. and you get so emotionally invested <laughs> that you think you're at the football. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. Oh, Fucking Paddington is... too. <laughs> oh. He's always done something fucking stupid yeah, to annoy someone. Yeah. But he always gets away, even though he's got stumpy legs. He's a little cunt, isn't he? But he always, yeah, he he always gets, gets away. away with it. I mean, the thing is, he's he's got easy life. There's, there's nothing yeah. to worry about for him. Although, you know, obviously the beginning of his life wasn't easy. But, you know, that house, they, they live in a massive house in what looks like not in hell. I mean, mm. I'm looking at that house thinking... This is a fucking Five seven million, million pound. Yeah. Ga- it's a seven million pound gas they're li- li- um, living in, right? Yeah. The the dad, Hugh Bonneville, right? He's in a job that he the the the, the subplot is he he can never get promoted, right? So he's obviously middle management, 
and the mum just seems to be some sort of fucking hippie like uh, pseudo artist yeah right, who just tits about feigning eccentricity to amuse herself all day right so she I don't know she's chipping in fuck all right and they're living I'm telling you Andy I know the area well right I go on the property websites a lot that is a seven million pound house they're living in doesn't make sense my question is where's the fucking money coming from number one and the second thing isn't really a, a question as much as a statement it's like Paddington has got a fucking easy life and he ought to check his fucking privilege Right, because mm. he goes around fucking things up, causing mayhem and havoc. Right, and of course he always slips out of it because he's got this fucking posh family, hasn't he? And he's back yeah. to seven million pound gaff every night. Yeah, I mean the, the the house might have been passed down from a from a relative, possibly. Mm. But I mean, what, what, what about Mister Curry? That cunt who lives next door that can't stand Paddington is always trying to yeah. grass them up. He's in a £7 yeah. million pound house as well. He, What's that he, about? And he, he never goes out to work because he spends his whole day at the window fucking yeah, peering out at people. Yeah. yeah, well, that, yeah, I mean, that must be happening. The whole, the whole area makes no sense, right? Because it's all this, like, sort of friendly. <laughs> On the one hand, it's got, like, these multi-million... I mean, what you're looking at there, right, where it's been filmed, I know those streets. It's, like, the, the richest fucking area in the whole of, of the country and possibly the world, right? Mm. And yet they make out that there's... First of all, they make out there's people with brown skin living there. I'll fucking tell you there isn't, right? And because mm. they, they're living this mythical kind of, oh, London's such a melting pot. It's not in those areas, right? <laughs> and... Uh, and they make out that there's a lot of community spirit. There isn't, right? These are the areas where everyone's fucking getting their kids driven to school in a blacked-out windows in Range Rover, right? <laughs> no one fucking talks to any cunt because they're all shitting themselves that someone's got a knife. And, uh, you know, I just don't buy any of it. They're no. all, like, matey with each other. It's complete bollocks. Like, it's a, it's a bollocks portrayal of the area. It's a bollocks portrayal... <laughs> You know the 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 neighbours are fucking racist. That's, that yeah. much is obvious. He hates Paddington just because he's a bear, yeah. mind you. I tell you what, if the fucking neighbours around here had a bear move in, I'd be the first to complain. I, I mean, you're talking about the, the elements of it that's realistic, and not you. You fail to touch upon the fact that they've got a fucking talking bear living with them. That's <laughs> something as well. To be fair, that's, that's less annoying though than the racist because it's fantastical that there is a talking bear in a duffel mm. coat, right? But the other bits, they're trying to present as authentic, and I find that insulting on loads of levels. Yeah. And for that reason, <clears throat> run your cunt. Run your cunt! <laughs> run hey, your cunt. It's, it's 35 years today since Threads was first shown on BBC One. We should do a deep dive of that, I think. Is that the one about nuclear the war? The nuclear attack in Sheffield, yeah. Yeah, well, you want to do get that. down to your fucking... Before you go any further into that, <laughs> get down to the Cold War exhibition if it's still going on. I'm planning it very dive, soon, yeah. I've had, enough, I've had another idea, right? All deep right. dive, deep dive, mm. Britain. Britain? Um, we'll, yeah, we will just deep dive the history of Britain. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> and But we'll base it just on Wikipedia. That could so go we'll, forever. We'll, yeah, no, but what we'll do is we'll section it out so we'll have All right. like prehistoric times, yeah, um, ice age, 
Bronze Age, you know, Stone Age, all the different ages, Middle Ages, Dark Ages, right. uh, Henry Henry the Eighth, um, <laughs> Victorian times, the First World War, the Second Fucking World War, <laughs> Post War, Big Brother, oh man, and, and um, Cat Bin Lady, and that's Sam. it. Sam, we're looking at a ten-year deep dive here. No, one episode no, you think, for each you think of the we're sections. Not, no, no, I'm telling you. We, we, you oh, we'll have a look at Once, it, yeah. We'll have, we'll a, have a timer, we'll have a buzzer, right? And when right. it gets to 35 minutes, wherever you <laughs> are it. in your Stop. description of Victorian times, it's over. Okay, I'm into it. <laughs> right. Be educational for all of us. This is it! football fan knows it's the goals that really stay with you thanks to their juddering emotional impact in the new life goals podcast football fanatics like paul hawksbeat kevin day nick hancock and andy dawson relive the eight defining goals of their lives and reflect on what was happening at the time as it all comes flooding back the reason i've chosen this goal is it was probably one of the seminal moments of my life like a good football match it veers from the poignant that goal it was almost like a dam burst and i cried like a baby for five minutes to the joyous yes. i went on the pitch and so did my mum and dad <laughs> so you know if that doesn't tell you something <laughs> and there's music too i mean i was into the sex pistols when i was five theo life goals with me theo delaney is brought to you by the producers of top flight time machine subscribe now to ensure you get each new episode on release. This is it. Let's have an email. This is the okay. one I mentioned about 20 minutes ago from Andy okay. in Bristol. No. Uh, Cavos, 20 years ago, lads booze up. Three of us went sharing two rooms thinking behind this who was whoever pulled would take a room and the other two would share the remaining room. Um, he also said pulling was a long shot at best. First night, we all got very drunk. One of my mates met a nice girl, took her back to the spare room. And he says, I've always been allergic to mosquito bites and I'd left all my repellent gear in the spare room uh, and I passed out naked by the window in the other room after a lengthy session. Woke up next morning covered in bites from head to foot. By the afternoon, several of the bites had started leaking pus. One on my ankle swelled up to an enormous size. Enter Dr. Dissendat. Uh, I went to a local clinic. We had paid several drachmas to see a doctor. I entered the room as he was stubbing out a fag. I showed him my bites. He laughed out loud. <laughs> he mumbled something and prepared an injection, motioned for me to turn around. I asked him what he was doing, and he shouted out something, which I later found out was Greek for tetanus, and then shouted, <laughs> he then shouted at me, bum, bum. <laughs> I bent over and took the injection, and then he gave me some tablets and said, no fucking booze. <laughs> of course I disregarded that advice the fact I was covered in weeping sores affected my pulling ability that week although we did bond with some Scottish girls one night one of which apparently passed out drunk her friends appeared concerned so me and one of my mates carried this girl back to her apartment roughly three miles away fucking hell when we got to the apartment she magically sprung to life and shouted thanks wankers <laughs> great <laughs> which work. I think is Absolutely Scottish great work. Scottish for TTFN dickheads yeah it is that is brilliant 
<laughs> she got three mile um, carry, pretending to be in a coma. Lovely. And then jumped off and shot at Dank's wankers. I says, oh, and a car ran over my foot while we were carrying her, but I didn't mention it as I wanted to impress the girls. Uh, fairly standard, but also a disastrous holiday there from Andy. Nice one. Good work. Someone's been in touch and asking us to rate things. Right? Oh, yeah. Do some of that. Um... Are you still doing ratings, asked Thomas Ward. When are yes, we not doing we ratings, We're mate. always ratings. Yeah. Even if we're not rating out loud, we're rating in our heads. If so, can you rate these? Double yokers. Oh, 10. Yeah, 10. Restocking the toilet roll holder. Pff, one. Yeah, fucking hell. It's absolute bloody no rubbish job, isn't it? Just one, just out of necessity. Yeah. Uh, seeing someone trip over a curb. Nah, mm. I, I'm not really so. a fan of laughing at people's misfortune like that. And yeah, two. And then getting off a train right by the exit ramp. Yeah, that's oh, decent. Nine. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it a uh, seven. I'm not quite, but that's a very Dawson thing. If it's, but, if, it's if it's London and it's a tube train, that's that's a win. I can imagine you Googling like in advance what, what's the best no. carriage to get on? I've started making a mental <laughs> note of where to get on. <laughs> yeah, where to yeah. get off. I knew there'd be something. I knew there'd be something in the do- do- logistics. Do- logistical log for that, hey, yeah. I've got another one from Adam who's uh, got tales of Yanni on Kos. Oh, good. <clears throat> this is chapter three of the Yanni Chronicles. Uh, this story is called Two Gallon Oil. Yanni and his family are incredibly generous with both time and produce. One day he asked my in-laws after lunch if they would like to take some of his homemade olive oil. Sure, they said. (laughs) Yanni then enters with a two-gallon barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Yanni, there's no way we can get that home. Of course you can. It's no problem. Leave it with me. And it turns out, he says, that Koss in general is dis and that, including the airport. He asks his friends who load the plane to put it on, along with a wheel of cheese and various other foods. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Yanni later asked before my wife visited next time to bring him over a propeller and a mortar for a boat in their luggage and they obliged so he's got like a barter system he'll give you a wheel of cheese yeah. and two ga- gallons of oil but you've got to bring him back a propeller and a mortar yeah that's, where, that's how he works fair enough isn't it okay, now, sooner um, we get out to Yanni the better there's another one they would never let my wife and Corp here for their drinks to make sure that Yanni would distribute their receipts into other tourist shot glasses where receipts were built up and paid at the end of your meal evenly across the restaurant so no one suspected a thing my wife was plied with so much Sambuca one holiday she kept pouring it into the plant next to her the plant died so she had to start drinking it <laughs> uh, oh god or uh, as you can see, my in-laws and wife have been heavily involved with Yanni and his family over the years. So much so they'd be walking at 8am every morning by Yanni so he can take them out to various places. They insisted on cooking for them, but wouldn't eat till 9 each night. Eating at other restaurants was forbidden by Yanni, and they would find out if my wife and family did so. After all, he says, a lot of these restaurant owners are shit people. they're shit people shit people going in secret isn't an option either once they step out of the aeroplane doors the people working in the airport immediately call Yanni and inform him that they're in town and start to prepare dinner (laughs) Yanni's got spies in the airport Adam ends they're wonderful people and I can't wait to go and see them same here mate same Same here it's all I think about now is getting yeah. out to see Yanni. 
Okay, um, right, let me see uh, one more. I've got a few here. None of them I've read. So this Ooh, is, we, we're going to end We're going to end on what I call email roulette. Yeah. I'm talking of roulette, actually. Well, I'm just trying to find this. Um, Pancho from the Flats, who I haven't mentioned for a while, mm-hmm. owes my, uh, he owes my mum 50 pounds because what he sometimes does is he knocks on my mum's door and yeah. when she answers, he just goes, hello, Brent, can you lend me, f- like, tw- what usually says 20 quid. And she keeps telling me and my brother, oh, it's really good Pancho comes round and he asks for 20 quid and I give it to him and then sure enough, he, you know, on benefits there, whatever, he will come round, knock on the door and give me my 20 quid back. And it's really kind of, you know, reinstalled my faith in him and yeah. in... But unfortunately, this went on a few times, and I knew. I thought this this is gonna he's gonna get too used to this, and he'll start getting relaxed. And sure enough, he upped the amount to fifty, and he's fucking done a disappearing oh. act. I'm driving along the street on um, Friday, and I see him. I'm on the way to my mum's. I see him, so I give him a beep. Pancho from the flats has to walk right over through uh, into the road. And right up to my car and stick his head through the window to work out who it is. Right? <laughs> and I'm literally, the reason I fucking beeped and pulled over him when I'm in a hurry is I thought, good, I've seen the cunt and I'm going to fucking tap him up for this 50 quid. Mm. So he comes over, sticks his head in the window and I go, it's me, Sam. And he goes, Sam. And before I can get the words out, do you know what he says? What? Lend us a fiver. Oh! I went, Are you fucking joking, mate? You owe my mum 50 quid. Yeah, I'm going to give it to her. I'm going to give it to her. So then I went, I was with my brothers the other night and we're all really pissed off with you about it. Do you know what he said? He went, are you? And then he laughed. He went, how about a game of Russian roulette then? Right? And I went, what? I thought, I mean, you've got to hand it to him. He did not flinch. Because I'll admit, I was trying to sort of scare him a little bit when I said, oh, all four of us are really pissed off. Yeah, yeah. He just went, how about a game of Russian roulette? And I said, yeah. what do you mean? He goes, let's all get together and we'll get a gun. And he goes, there'll be five of us and we'll see which one gets the bullet. And I went, that is what your response is to me saying that you owe my mum 50 quid. Yeah. I said, you haven't even got a gun. And then he went, I have. I've got a pellet gun. Don't you remember? I shot my mouse with it. And then he... And I said, yeah, I do remember that. And he, because he, he had these two pet mice, and they start. He accidentally, he thought, yeah, I think he thought he had two females, and then in the middle of the night, one of them turned out to be a male, and they were they were ratting really noisily, yeah, and he couldn't make them stop. So in the end, he got up and shot them. Yeah, as he do, he's and done he's, you there though. He's, I mean, that was in the eighties. That was in the eighties, I and mean, he claims he's still he's, got the same firearm. He's just, you know, you've just, you've just expressed displeasure that he owes your mum fifty quid, and he's just gone. Well, I'm prepared to fucking die for it. What about you? <laughs> yeah, your move, exactly. dickhead. That's exactly what he did. I mean, there was no hesitation. He just went right. Let's play Russian roulette. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> let's do it. Let's just take. Let's just skip out. Let's oh, cut the crap. Man. Let's cut the crap and <laughs> cut put our lives on the line. Right? Yeah. Let's just fucking sort this out once and for all. Okay, and I, yeah, I mean, I admit, in the end, I just drove off. <laughs> I didn't know what yeah, to say. Give him a fiver and pissed off. 
Yeah, <laughs> take your fiver. Yeah, leave me alone, Pancho from the flats. Yeah. <laughs> he's done you there. Look, let's leave yeah. it there because the 35 minute bell's just rung. Oh, yeah. um, bing, bing. There we go. It's been another. Uh, it's been another episode, basically. Uh, and we'll be great back show. With, and you're we'll all be, privileged to have heard it. We'll be back with Keegan on Wednesday. That draws to a close. Uh, yeah. yeah, keep the emails coming in and all that. You know. Yeah, we'll read some more out next time. Don't be discouraged by the fact we hardly read them out. Yeah. And uh, buy tickets for the shows and everything. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye bye. Yeah. TTFN Dickheads. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.